Hello, my friends, and welcome to uh, episode 24 of our run through Galatians. As we make our way through, we are all the way to chapter 4, and last time we went up through verse 11. So, crazy thought, let's pick up where we left off. But uh, again, as we are always all about the context here on the Run of the Mills podcast, we... um. We got, well, I, I should say, because that's who we are here at the Run of the Mills podcast. Well, it's me. So, hey, um, just so you know what we've been talking about, Paul has been talking about how his concern for the Galatian Christians because they have, uh, he's afraid that they have followed after another gospel, which is not another, and fallen into legalism in particular, um, the legalism that would be following the law of Moses. And so um, he's been talking to them about this and he says, we finished off. He says, you know, you observe days and months and season and years. Uh, I am afraid for you lest I have labored for you in vain. And so, you know, they're, he's talking about, you know, the religious practices that they're, they're treating certain days as, as uh, having special religious value and, and uh, observing these things, you know, again, the idea being not the obser- not not the observing of days, because then of course you'd say, well, every Christian that observes sa- Sunday as as a day of worship, that's wrong. No, the idea is that they believed that they're going were going to be made right with God, um, gaining favor with God by observing certain uh, certain days and certain uh, Sabbaths, feast days, whatever. And his point that he's been making is, hey, you, you're not you weren't saved by those things. Why are you trying to then um, be made right, or you know, or continue to to uh, to continue in those those things that are not what saved you. And again, the idea is, you know, we're saved by by faith. We're saved by oh, well, I should say by grace through faith, and not by works, lest any man should boast, is what the Bible tells us. And so he, again, he's telling them here, you know, here you're getting to the, this place where you feel like you or you've been told you've got to come under all the old Jewish law. And that is just going to cause you problems because as he's been telling them about the law, the purpose of the law was not to justify them, but to show them that they needed a savior. So, uh, so let's first, let's talk about verse 12 here. He says, brethren, I urge you to become like me for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. So this kind of a, a, kind of seems like a strange thing to say. Become, you know, I urge you to become like me before I, because I became like you. Now, Paul, I think is what he's saying is here is I was an observant Jew. I was, um, you know, he and he talks about this in uh, a number of times in the Bible about his how observant he was. You know, a Jew of Jews, uh, you know, from the tribe of Benjamin, you know, circumcised on the eighth day, etc. And when he became a Christian, well those things changed. He no longer was observing all of the Jewish customs and laws. He became like, like they were like the, like they're, we're talking about Gentile believers in Galatia. Um, and so, um, so he's saying, look, I became like you, you know, become like me again. <laughs> is the idea. Like, look, I, I became like a Gentile as far as my, my observing of all the, all these laws and such that, that uh, were in the the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, and so he's saying to them, "Look, you you were you were free, and now you're putting yourself back under this law, this law that 
can't save you. That's not what the law was ever intended to do. Uh, the law doesn't save you. The law shows you your guilt. So um, anyway, kind of a strange thing. He says, you have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first. So this is kind of a strange thing. There's a lot of uh, debate about what this means because of physical infirmity. I preached the gospel to you at first. Uh, some believe that it was just he was sick. Uh, some people believe that this was because um, when he was up in that area, he went was uh, stoned to the point of death. And uh, perhaps he was there um, with them and recovering from his injuries. And he was just there. So he preached the gospel to them. Uh, other people believe that what he's talking about is the thorn in his flesh that he talks about in, uh, what is that, First Corinthians, where he talks about that and, uh, and how God told him, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. But um, there are still others, and I think there's the most, I think they're the best as far as the, um, the context here is that Paul, it would seem, had um, an issue, a health issue with his eyes. Um, there's a couple of things that are said. He talks about having, you know, see how in my own hand I write these things in such large letters. Um, also, we're going to see something as we read on that will maybe clue us in that his issue, his health issue, his physical infirmity that he mentions here had something to do with his eyes. So let's keep going and see what he says. Verse 14, he says, In my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. So he's saying, look, you could have rejected me. Maybe, you know, there, there are those you know, in church history that have said, you know, Paul had these runny eyes. And so you know, it was one of those things that it just, you know, was unpleasant to look at. And so... You know, it may have been that he was often rejected because of that problem. We, we don't really know. But he does say, you know, you, you may have been rejected, you know, tempted to reject me because of my condition. If it was the situation where he was stoned to the point of death and, you know, drag, drug out of the city um, as dead, um, even though he wasn't dead, well, maybe he was severely beaten up. And when a guy's been stoned to death, you know, to death, people might say, hey, there's something that's a bad guy. And because of his condition, they may have been tempted to reject him. Nonetheless, he says about them, you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. And so this is what he's, he's saying very nice things to them here. He's talking um, complimentary. Um, and so this is kind of a back and forth thing, because he's going to share some concerns here in a second. He says, what then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Now that's a weird thing to say if he had, some, you know, if he had a stomach issue or if he had flaky skin or if he was, you know, stoned to the point of death and they nursed him back to health. It's a very strange thing to say. You would have plucked out your own eyes for me. Now it may have been a colloquialism at the time that we're just not aware of, or I'm just not aware of at at the moment. But it does seem much more likely um, to say hey, I, I had this eye problem. And if it would have been possible, you would have given me your eyes. You would have given me your very own eyes. That's He's talking about their great love and how they received him like they would receive Christ. So um, now he's kind of shifts gears, talking about how, how loving they were to him and accepting. And he says then in verse 16, he says, have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And so this may have been the case that those those people that were there telling them you need to come under the law. Paul, oh Paul's wrong. He's telling you the wrong stuff. He's he's uh, he's deceived you. He's led you astray. And and now here Paul is saying, 
look, don't you don't you remember our relationship? Have I, you know, have I become your enemy because I because I'm telling you the truth? I mean, that the 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 answer to that, of course, is no. I'm not I'm not your enemy. I'm telling you the truth. But this is the thing, oftentimes, that happens is when someone brings correction. When someone brings correction, they're oftentimes seen as an enemy. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but one of the main ones is just our own pride. Our own pride. We don't like to be told that we're wrong. I mean, think about our culture today. I mean, that's like this this um, great crime is telling people they're wrong. It's like we need to accept everybody. We need to take tell people that that um, have you know serious mental illness that they're fine. Oh no, you're good. You have, you know, you have a, a mental illness, but you know, we hate, we don't want to talk about that. We're just going to pretend that you're fine because we don't want to tell anybody that they're wrong. We don't want to tell anybody that, you know, what they think is bad. That's just, that's not polite. That's not good manners. And in fact, in our culture, you even say, oh, that's hateful. That's hate speech. But if Paul didn't care about them, would he even write the letter? Why would he even write them? If he didn't care, he would not. He'd just be like, hey, you're on your own. But he cares about them. He loves He loves these people. He's had a relationship with them. And so he's saying, you know, I'm not your enemy because I tell you the truth. So consider this. If somebody has the guts to speak to you and share with you what they believe is the truth, because here's the thing, sometimes we're wrong, right? Sometimes we think something about someone's life, somebody's situation, something, somebody's actions, and we come and we point it out and we're wrong. We're just wrong. So sometimes that happens. But still, consider that person coming to you and telling you that they're concerned about you. And they believe that you're wrong about something you're doing or you're something you believe. That person cares about you enough to say you're wrong. I'm not talking about people that come with attitude, you know, and are telling you know, snapping their fingers and and telling you how wrong you are. I'm talking about the people that come and and like Paul here, who says, Look, we have a we have a, a long standing relationship. You've shown great love for me, and I want to show great love for you. And I'm gonna I I need to you know, and that's why I'm writing this. I need to tell you that you guys are wrong and I'm concerned. I'm very concerned about the way you're going. And that's not because I'm your enemy. So never be don't ever be fooled into thinking that someone's your enemy because they tell you the truth. Now we need to share the truth in love, and that sometimes is difficult. But even if they share the truth with you and it's not necessarily the most loving, most kind way, still we ought to listen. Let nobody be your enemy just because they tell you the truth. Don't consider someone your enemy because they bring a word of correction recognize that that came at a cost to them. It may be that they're angry. It may just be that they care about you and they are sharing with you like Paul is sharing with the Galatians because he loves them. God bless you. Talk to you next time.